I want to jump on some stuff that, that you got with hugs, not, not going down deep into the weeds, but a couple of things that stand out to me with hugs. That's always been apparent, but definitely through that interview is one, he's comfortable in his own skin. Unlike many, many people like he doesn't change. He, he, not he, one he, bit. he is, he is who he is yep. and he doesn't really mind what the perception is from the outside. Right. And perfect example of that is just the way in which he conducts the interview is the same in which way that he would probably be sitting at a bar talking to somebody. Yep. It's just, this is what it is. I don't need to try to, you know, the light went out on him. He didn't give a rat. <laughs> right. He just talked for the next 10 minutes. If it came back on, it came back on. If it didn't, <laughs> Hey, it is what it is. I mean, and one thing that he does do, he gets, he still gets emotional and I don't know if you noticed this, but he had like a nervous twitch or like a, a twitch that he was having during the interview when he got on subjects that I think were very personal to him. He was like clicking his pen real fast or he's kind of tapping the desk. And the Kenyon Martin thing still really, really bothers yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that was some kind of team, man. I mean, it, they, they, I mean, they were so good. They were, without a doubt, the best team in the country. A lot of years, most years, you can debate that. When a tournament starts, there's seven, eight teams, four or five teams, whatever that you, you, you say got a shot to win it. Uh, that year, uh, universally, everybody felt like UC was w the unquestioned team to beat. Yeah, that was, it was sad, man. I remember I was in Joplin, Missouri, driving across the country to move to Arizona and stopped to watch that game on TV and couldn't believe it, Just like, like many of you. You, you watched it on TV and you couldn't believe You know, that whole UC thing, the way it came to an end, th there's a lot to that story. And, and I have, he has shared that with me uh, before. And, you know, I, I wasn't going to go down that rabbit hole uh, to try to, to, I mean, I, I laid it out there. You gave an opportunity. And, 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 and that's the point I'm trying to make is that, in a day and age where all walks of life, even just people we know in our lives, that they get a chance to throw somebody in front of the bus, they're going to do it. And there are a couple of big-name people in this town. When he said that Nancy Zimfer was not the only one, it was a couple of others. It was a couple of others in this town, um, and he just won't, he won't do it. I think it's amazing he won't do it. Do you think it's because he's still coaching? Like when he's out of no, it completely no, or no? I just think, like you said, you, what you see is what you get. I just think that, you know, that's one of his things that he's not going to do. And he's not going to do it whether he's coaching or whether he's 90. Or maybe when he's 90. I don't know. If he gets to 90, I hope and pray he does. A lot of people in this town, that's the one thing when you bring up his name, people who know him, or even if you don't know him, you know, you worry about it. He's big. He's gotten heavy in recent years. Um, and so, you know, you worry about it. He's had health problems in the past. Um, hope and pray for him, but uh, obviously he's still doing what he wants to do. And, and, and I would be shocked if he ever retired. Really? I, I would be. I, I just think that that's, again, back to what you said. He, that's who he is. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's a husband and a father and all those kinds of things. Maybe a grandfather by now. I don't know. Probably so. But, I mean, he's a basketball coach. And he loves the kids, and they keep him young, and they keep him going. He has something to look forward to every day and every year. And, um, and boy, he's still doing it mighty, mighty well. Um, 
Paul, you said you saw their team play. You said they got a good team. Yeah, I think they have a good team. And it was funny he was harping on the defense so much because they are a better defensive team than they are an offensive team. And I'm not saying that they're the defensive teams of West Virginia of the past, but, I mean, they're the 21st best defensive team in the country. And he's, he's going on about, you know, we can't guard, you know, we can't yeah. rebound, all this. And, hey, Hugs, That's him. Hugs, you're 21 in the country, man. That's you know, right. There's only 20 better. That's right. So, That's you know. Right. Well, it'll be, it's going to be a really good game. I mean, all kidding aside, and, and I know I've chapped some of the Xavier fans out there watching by, <laughs> by saying what I said, but, but look, um, you know, uh, I, I like Sean Miller, but I know Bob Huggins, and I like Bob Huggins, and I root for him to do well. And, um, and that includes this week. I did love the comment at the end about about Xavier and the shootout because you know because he tried to deflect it early in the interview and he tried to say you know it's just, we worry about it when the time comes. That's right, and that's what everybody tries to say around the shootout. But then at the end, he throws in that line, and I'm like, that is why this game is the best game of the year every year. It's the best. I love it so much. That was a great line to end it from him because you know it's still it's still there. He can deflect it all he wants, and he he can talk about it or, or whatever he wants to say. But I love that. I love that he said that. That was yeah. The best. He 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 really thought the world and emotional. You're talking about when he skipped Proster. He's talking about that. But he, but yeah. the, the whole Gillen thing, uh, no love lost there. <laughs> you got somewhere to be, Tom. None. What's that? You got somewhere to be? No. I want you to stick around for like one or two of these topping points because I, I, I want your opinion on them. But I also think it's something – I don't want to talk about a fan base without having somebody specifically here to get – maybe you can't speak for the whole fan base, but your thoughts on a few things. All right. First of all, I have the first subject matter. I want the chat to chime in if they have any suggestions for segment ideas on your show. I think whether we do that today or tomorrow, I don't know, but we're going we're gonna to kind of think about some um, – some fun topics or some fun ideas. Not saying the cherry on top. Maybe we, we, we do some alternative things. Okay. But, but maybe the chat has some ideas. I think Jolly Jolly gave us some fun, some fun thoughts from time to time on, you know, Casey Stink list is at the top of the segments, I know. But maybe we can find some other ones as well. But that's number one. The second thing on the list, we can get to it right now, is this. I have this thought with the, OSA, uh, with the Ohio State situation, right? And maybe it's because... In my past life, right, as I've said before, I, I used to be an Ohio State hater, quite frankly. And some of that just comes from jealousy because you live in a state, the program's always good, they win, they've won a couple national championships, you root for a team down in the SEC that you feel like always has to go through the gauntlet to even get a chance to play for the, the national championship, and you, you almost hold some prejudice to that. And, and almost like the hate in my heart left last year once Georgia won to where it's like, okay, now it's like, whatever. We, we made it to the mountaintop, let it be. I genuinely think Ohio State, now I know they just played, and I know what I'm about to say is going to maybe piss some people off, but I genuinely think they're the, they're, the, they're the second best team to win a national championship in this country. I really do. And here's what I'll say. I went you back. Saying, you think they're the second I best think, team this year? I think that they're, if, if you laid it out to me right now and you said, hey, put your money on the teams that you think would win the national championship, Ohio, or obviously Georgia's won, and I don't know if that's coming from a bias standpoint or if it's just – Obviously, they've... Well, there's reason to maybe, believe that. Right. And then the second team I would pick is Ohio State because I think that they have the firepower on their best day. They can beat Georgia. I don't know if that's the case for Michigan. I really don't. It's almost like Michigan's the team that, like, they're going to try to out-Georgia Georgia, Georgia and I, or out-bully the bully. I don't think they have that in them. It's like, in order to beat Alabama back in the day, right, 
more times than not, you weren't going to go into Alabama and run Alabama's offense and run Alabama's defense and beat Alabama. You, you had to spread it out. You had to run five wide. You had to be like an Urban Meyer spread offense, have a dual threat quarterback, and beat Alabama that way. So my point is with all of this is that, you know, Ohio State fans are talking about firing Ryan Day, which obviously is not a little bit of nonsense. You know, I heard the little jokes earlier about, now bring Vrabel in here. And, and listen, if Vrabel would think about taking the job, i got to be honest, I, he's one of the few people maybe you, 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 you'd, you'd entertain that. But that being said, Ryan Day, in my opinion, I know the last two years have not gone right with, with the Michigan situation. But if I went back and watched, and I know Ohio State fans probably can't do this yet. It's too, too fresh. I went back and watched, again, on YouTube, that game against Michigan this past Saturday. There are three or four plays that are just not realistic to happen again. Okay? They had a third and 14 inside the red zone. And somehow, and again, I know Michigan, give them credit. They played, they, they, they made the plays. I can't take that away from them. But my point is, is if Michigan and Ohio State play 10 times on a neutral field, I'm telling you, I really have a hard time seeing it from an unbiased standpoint of Ohio State not winning more than five games. Oh, I, I, th I think they'd win more than that. And, and my, my point to the whole, my point to all this is you just have to get in, which brings me to my next point. Before Ohio State fans just jump completely off the reservation, there's a high, high likelihood that USC does not win against Utah this weekend based off the things that I see in Vegas. I, I'm, so my point to all of this is, is before you start casting stones at Ryan Day, before you act like the season's completely over, the truth is there's a high likelihood you're going to make the playoffs. And if you get beat by Georgia, you get beat by Georgia. But I'm telling you right now, if you can get past Georgia, you're favoring the national championship. Oh, I don't think there's any doubt about it. I, I mean, if you got in at Ohio State as a four, uh, you'd play number one. Uh, the other game would be, at least right now, would be TCU against Michigan. I think that game could go either way. I, I think TCU's good. I mean, and I don't just say that because they got a kid that goes here. I, I just think they got a really good team. Um, and I think they can play with anybody. Now, whether they beat Michigan or not, you know, who knows. But I think I read where... Going into this second-to-last poll, 26 of the 32 teams that were ranked in the top four got in. Okay? I think it's something like this. But then once you played the conference championship games, right, um, there's a significant number of teams that all of a sudden fell out. I don't know if I worded that correctly or not. Point being is... One of those teams is going to lose, I think, this weekend. Now, for Georgia and Michigan, it's not going to matter. And to be honest with you, I mean, if TCU were to lose, I still think they should be in. I think you feel the same way. I 100% agree with that. I, I, I think that it's, it's, if you're an Ohio State fan, there's one game to watch. Yep. I really don't think you can take TCU out of the mix. I'll say this, though. And I've been saying this, and I don't, I don't want to ruin the segment for later. But, but I think that the committee would, would kick TCU out if they were to get beat by more than 14 points. For, and that's not fair. I really don't think that's fair. I think TCU's in no matter what, unless they do like a Ohio State-Wisconsin situation from years past in the Big Ten Championship where it's a 60 to nothing yeah, game. Right, right. That is, I don't think that's going to happen. No, One, no. maybe for instance, and we, we can go through all these hypotheticals. I really don't want to do that. But like maybe if TCU quarterback gets hurt, 
you know, a season-ending injury, which they, they say they take that into account, which is maybe some of the reason for the whole Tennessee situation with Alabama. Hendon Hooker's gone for the year, so that's why they moved him down. I think TCU should be in. So having said all that, it comes down to USC-Utah, and I really don't think USC is going to win that football game. I don't think it. I don't think they will. Well, so, I know for Ohio State fans, they're hoping you're right. I know that, and I, I guess my point to the whole situation is as simple as this. I've seen this story before. I've seen it last year. Georgia fans were beside themselves, talking about how Stetson Bennett needed to be benched. He wasn't any good. They needed to start JT Daniels. They were never going to be able to beat Alabama with Stetson Bennett. They Blah, blah, blah. This defense was overrated. They weren't as good as they said they were all year long. And if you go back and you watch the game, you realize at times there are some big moments and some big plays that happen that are just completely completely not realistic to happen again. And Ohio State losing coverage three to four times in their secondary is not something that I can say that's sustainable. Now, it can happen, but it's not something that's going to happen again. I can tell you one team, I can promise you. Now, the Michigan fans got the big chest. I can tell you right now, if Ohio State played Michigan again in the national championship, you do not want that if you're a Michigan fan. No, I, I promise you, you don't want yeah, that. Yeah. And, it's, and I'll tell you, if they put the line out in that game, Vegas would probably make Ohio State like a two-point favorite. Yep. And I can tell you what's going to happen. You've seen me talk about this before. The entire world is going to jump on Michigan because they're going to think that Michigan's this bully. Now, the one thing I'd be concerned about if I was an Ohio State fan it has nothing to do with the talent. It's got nothing to do with the schematics. It's got nothing to do with the, the Jim Knowles and him putting up press coverage. I do think it has something to do with the psychological effect and the men up front because – they did get bullied a little bit towards the end of that game. And I would – there's one thing about losing a game. There's another thing about getting punked a little bit. So – Well, that's why I worry a little so bit about the culture. on Ryan Day's case. Because, look, we can sit here, you know, and, you know, my dad made a point. But there are, there, there are only really – and I don't think Georgia's here yet. Yet. They're knocking on the door. But there are only two programs in the country where when the season starts – their fan base has every right in the world to believe they should win a national championship. That's Alabama and Ohio State. They recruit better than everybody else. Clemson looked like they were kind of getting in that group. And now all of a sudden, the last couple of years, not the same. Um, but those two fan bases. So when people say, Ryan Day's 45-5, and five, there's no way you can hire him. I think that there are 15 coaches in the country that if they came to Ohio State, they could have won 45 of their last 50. I really do. I truly believe that. Now, it's not taking anything away from Ryan Day because I think he is a great football coach. But to your point, the psyche of the Ohio State fan is we shouldn't be getting punked. Yeah. And that's the one thing that Urban Meyer gave that program. They were never going to be punked by anybody. They might get beat, but they were 7-0. and against Michigan, and they were putting 60 and trying to get 70 on the board against Michigan when Meyer was going up against Jim Harbaugh. They were going to step on your throat until you choked to death twice. And I think when they look at, and I know you're going to show video of that, I think I saw it a second ago, you're going to show video of when they decided not to go for it on the fourth down, down by four. Right. Um, this was the mentality 
whether or not, you know, you don't know when you're sitting in the stands if this play had a yeah. chance to happen, it was going to work, and I'll let you tee this up in a second. But when you're sitting there in the stands and you're going, wait a minute, we're Ohio State. We've got the ball at the Michigan 45-yard line or at midfield. You've got the best quarterback allegedly in the country. You've got the best wide receiver in the country. You've got one of the best offensive lines in the country. And you mean to tell me you're not going for it? That's the Ohio State fan mentality. Whether they're way off base or not, that's what it is. Well, I'll say this about Ohio State, the Ohio State situation from an outsider's perspective is this. I think, and I'm not taking anything away from Urban, because I think Urban set the standard of what he expected when it came to that game. And, 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 and I think at times, perhaps, you can overhype something too much to work against you. I think Urban was the benefactor a little bit of some bad Michigan teams, and, so, and they were in a rut as a program as a whole. I agree. Urban, Urban kind of also, in my opinion, was in the psyche of Michigan's program, to be fair. So I don't think Urban ever once played Michigan the same Michigan team that Ryan Days had to play because Ur or not Urban, but but Harbaugh changed his philosophy. You're right. If you want to give Harbaugh some credit, what he did do when it wasn't working, when he decided to try to go hire an offensive coordinator to be a spread offense and try to be like an, like an Ohio State Urban team and bring in these defensive guys that are obviously these new age concepts. When Harbaugh decided, you know what? If I'm going to lose, I'm already losing. I'm going to lose my way. Let's go back to two tight ends. Let's bunch it up. Let's just make it a smash-mouth football game. That program changed. Yes. And Ryan Day has been a benefactor of the guy having to play a hardball-type team. I don't think Urban ever really had to play a hardball-type team. I couldn't to agree be, more. To be fair. Now, having said all that, I don't know. Uh, for, for those that are saying, and I've watched a lot of I'll give a shout-out to a guy. His name's Josh Pate. He does something called the Late Kick. He does an excellent college football show. He was at Ohio State for this game. He said, for all those that are saying that Ohio State, they've lost a little bit of touch with how much this game means, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. He said he's never seen, he's been in many locker rooms, he's never seen a locker room in a press conference as sorrow, and he's been in national championship locker rooms, et cetera, as sorrow as the Ohio State locker room. He said the guys were coming out of the locker room after the game, hour and a half after the game, empty stadium, completely gone, and guys were sobbing on the field. So let's not act like, Ryan Day and that program doesn't know what this means. They, they very much do. They're just playing somebody, in my opinion, that's a little bit different. And if you don't execute for four quarters, you, you're going to get beat by teams that are relatively good. So I want to show this play. I'm going to tee this up. I'll let, I'll let him get it up. This is a pivotal moment in this game. And for those, many of you may have already seen it. Maybe you didn't. But this, in my opinion, can, can be the difference. It, it literally is the outcome. Could change the outcome. Change it the whole complexity of the game, Tom. It's the fourth. It's the punt. The cue this third up. quarter, 24-20, Michigan in front. Third, third quarter, 24-20. They had the ball, you said, at like the 35. There was a punt. They ran the field goal unit out there. Everyone in the stadium's moaning. They're wondering why they're not going to use their guy. Coaches, listen, they spend 80 to 100 hours a week looking for the slightest advantage, right? They try to find something that they know might be executable to give your team a chance to win. In Ohio State, I give their coaches all the credit in the world. I, I mean, sometimes players got to do what they're supposed to do. Ohio State coaches figured something out on a special teams unit, and they knew that if they got this look during a punt formation earlier in the game, they were going to go back to this play if, if they needed to run a fake punt. Just so happened they were in a position of the field on Michigan's 35-yard line. They get a snap infraction. Fourth and six goes to fourth and 11. They still do it. Casey 
show the fake punt that turned out not to be a fake punt. I'll let this guy, the Buckeye Scoop guy, BuckeyeScoop.com, explain it. He got a seal here, get a seal here. Tommy's kicking him. If you just snap Mitch the ball, it's gone. Because, you know, the, the thing that happens here is Mitch is, like, stunned because he doesn't get the ball. And, and like, and you see, you see, you can see how Mitch, watch Mitch's reaction. When Look it, at that hole back on the left-hand side. There's you know, no one the there. And here. the only guy that could possibly and, tackle and your fullback is maybe a chase down. But he's not, getting he's 25, 35, he's 45 yards right there. Maybe, I don't want to say 45, maybe call it 30 yards. And have these guys running the other way. It's an executed to perfection. You can, you know, it's a fake because of two things. One, the guy looks back wondering why he didn't get the ball, and two, the whole right side of the line didn't block the guys rushing the passer because they wanted to be able to go block downfield. So instead, the ball snapped behind him. The punter's running out to the right because he's trying. To, he knows he's not supposed to get the ball. It's an incredible play by the punter, for being honest. He didn't know he was going to get the ball. Ball snapped to his left. He caught it and got rid of the punt. But that in and of itself, that one single play, I'm being honest, that changes the whole outcome of that game. You can say what you want about all at the end of the game. Michigan got two late touchdowns, okay? They also made an incredible breakup pass. And there was two plays where I'm not trying to get on number eight. I don't know your guys' players as well as I know Georgia players, but I don't know who number eight is. He's a, he's a tight end. Yeah, Stover dropped balls. Okay. He's, well, the one was knocked out of his hand. The one was knocked out of his hand. Yeah. But my point is, is that – he had two plays in that game where, you know, hey, I'm not if, – if, if it's Brock Bowers, I know that the ball's probably getting caught, which I know you can't compare the two. But my point is is that there was a fourth and three where I question a little bit. If we go back to that game, and I want to get off Ohio State and get to the UC thing here in a second. The last thing I'll say about it is this. Ohio State was bullying them. I'm tired of hearing about Michigan bullying Ohio State. I watched that game again. They were getting five, six, seven yards of carry in that game with their fourth string running back or third string running back. Or Fifth string running back. Whatever it was. It doesn't right. matter. Right. They were getting push. If it's fourth and three, I know you got the best quarterback in the country, but sometimes you just turn around and you say, listen, we're handing this thing off. You better beat your man off the block and we're going to get to pick up this first down. Instead, they throw a seam route to number eight, bounces off his hands, turn the ball over on downs. I'm just saying, everyone thinks Ohio State got blown out, folks. It looks exactly like Georgia, Alabama last year. It does. It looks like a blowout, but if you go back and you switch four or five plays, completely different game. Ohio State fans are going off the deep end, and they they very. I'm not trying to pump you up. I hope Georgia wins the national championship. Trust me, I do. No one wants it more than me. But I'm telling you, you wouldn't surprise me if they won the they won the. National well, they got to get in first, and 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 the only way I think that's going to happen is if uh, is if SC gets beat and. They're on center stage by themselves because that is a Friday night game, the Pac-12 title game. It's not Saturday; it's Friday night. Well, that's it. Yep. I Utah really think VSC in Vegas. You're the last thing I want to bring up be Vegas. Maybe one day we'll see. No. Last thing I want to bring up none to of you. those guys. Last thing, we'll let you go. I'm tired of hearing this narrative, okay, of stepping stone jobs. I'm so sick and tired of hearing guys talk about how you can't go get Dion because he'll be gone in five years. You can't go get this guy because he'll be gone in five right. years. What is the alternative is, is the question that I really am going to get at here. Because if you think that your program's a stepping stone job, I said this in the last show on Monday. I don't think you were here to hear it, Tom. It's like, what, what, what jobs aren't a stepping stone program? Because the truth is, Urban Meyer leaves Florida to go to Ohio State. Brian Kelly leaves Notre Dame to go to LSU. 
Lane Kiffin leaves Tennessee to go to USC, right? Lincoln Riley, Lincoln leaves, Riley Oklahoma. leaves Oklahoma to go to USC. Like, let's stop talking about stepping stone jobs and trying to not hire guys because you think that they will leave. If guys are leaving to go get better jobs, then you know what? You're doing a hell of a job as a program, period. You can't worry about it. It's, it's almost like don't go date the prettiest girl in school, Tom, because she might go date someone else. That 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 because she's in five she's, years. Yeah, because she's just so attractive. You got a bunch of people going after. Her. It's like what's the what's what's the alternative? Do you want to go get like a a wash up that might be there for the next twenty years? That's not going to happen. No, and, and think and at the end of the day, it all comes down to even if you are a stepping stone job, and I know you don't like that term, but look, Cincinnati fans have a right to make that statement because of you know whether it's. Mark D'Antonio, Brian Kelly, uh, Luke Fickle, whatever it might be, those guys have left for bigger jobs, and God bless them. Huge jobs. You're never going to say no to, 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 uh, to at the time, compared to UC, Michigan State, uh, Notre Dame, and now Wisconsin. You're not going to say no to that. But the bottom line is, is, is look where your program is five years after having this guy who it's a stepping stone's job. I mean, Tommy Tuberville's running the operation in Clifton five years ago. If somebody would have told you that Cincinnati was going to be in the college football playoff when Tommy Tuberville came to town, you'd have said, well, where do we sign up to get Luke Fickle? And if, if he's going to leave in five years, but that's what he does for us, including right. going 44 and six with Desmond Ritter as a quarterback, I'll take those five years and God bless him wherever he goes after that. Right? That's right. That that is yeah. You they're, build they're, a brand new indoor all because of fickle. And the people put up the money for it. But his five years here led to all of this. You would have never been there just hiring as you're talking about, you know, the twentieth cutest girl instead of you had a chance at, at, at the prettiest girl. Yeah. I'd rather lose a coach even if it's after two years. If if, if it means that they're going to get pursued by someone else because they are the hot commodity, and at some point, UC fans have to realize that they are, they are growing in stature. This isn't, this isn't the American Athletic Conference anymore. This isn't a program that doesn't get a sold-out crowd anymore. Yep. There's a reason as to where you're, you're, you're growing. Mark Few, at some point, you might get a Mark Few at Cincinnati. And I know that I'm crossing sports, using analogies, whatever. Maybe it's not the same, Trace. Mark Few's still at Gonzaga. And the reason he's still at Gonzaga is because they started having success. They started being able to play a non-conference schedule that allows them to get the seeding that he needs to have in the NCAA tournament. My point is, is that the, the circumstances changed at Gonzaga. They got a he new building. He didn't need to leave because right. circumstances changed. At the end of the day, circumstances are changing at UC. Stop belittling your own program and thinking that the next guy is going to automatically leave because at some point, if you get a guy there and they start to they start to challenge for the college football playoff every single year, it's it's literally on the same playing field as I would argue as an Oklahoma at one point during this college football playoff area. You're in a conference that's winnable. 
You're in a conference that doesn't have an Ohio State in it. You're in a conference that doesn't have an Alabama or a Georgia in it, right? You're in a conference that you genuinely, every single year, if you have a good football team, you can go and make the college football playoff, especially with it expanding to 12. So don't fall into this trap in, in assuming that if you go get Deion Sanders, that he's automatically gone in five years. Because I would also say this about Deion. I think that there's a little bit of loyalty in his, uh, in his DNA. I think he's the type of guy that knows that the, that the optics of hiring him are different than most people. I don't think he's a dumb guy. In fact, I think he's a very intelligent guy very when, intelligent it, when it guy. comes to all this. Yeah. So, and I'm not saying he's going to stay at Cincinnati just because you offered him the first opportunity at a Power Five. But if he thinks he can get to the, if he thinks he can get to the college football playoff, and there's nowhere else that he's going to go from a college perspective that's going to give him that same opportunity, he could be here for a long, long time. Yeah. Same with the next guy. So I think coaches only really care about a few things. Quite frankly. Can they get the players in there that allow them to compete for the, the ultimate prize? And how hard is your path to get there, right? Brian Kelly, I think, got frustrated because he didn't feel like he could get the guys to ultimately beat a Georgia or an Alabama. But I'm going to tell you this right now. If that happens to UC, are you upset? Are you mad? Are you mad that guy leaves to go to Alabama or LSU? Well, if you or, are, you're a fool. Now, the way they go about it's a different ballgame. You can get mad at Brian for the right. way he did it. But no, I mean, it's like, you know, it's like the old Xavier fans. I used to argue with them all the time. They get mad at, you know, Thad Mata and, and, and all these guys and Sean Miller. And they're going to Ohio State and they're going to Arizona. I'm like, are you kidding? You're not even the biggest in your town. Oh, no. <laughs> no, but no, I'm saying as far oh, no. as following, I'm not saying Xavier's had much deeper runs in the NCAA tournament. They've had far greater success than you see. It's not what I'm saying. I'm saying because of the size of the school, the UC alumni base in this town has got to be tenfold of Xavier. Right. When more people go click on to see the score or turn on the radio or whatever it might be, UC is going to get the overwhelming majority of people in their own town. Right? Correct. And you're so, getting on Thad Mata for going to Ohio State or Sean Miller to go to Arizona? I think that's just where fandom overreaction <laughs> yeah. comes in, right? I mean, you you ultimately and, and I I actually to be honest with you, I don't I don't blame UC fans for wanting Wisconsin to go on ten next year. Like part of that, I understand. I mean, I think you can do both. You can appreciate what Fickle did for you, but you can also be like, I hope the guy never wins again. Like that that that's a part of fandom, right? I, I I'm I'm not going to belittle that, but at the end of the day, I just wanted to see what your thoughts on where, you know, what. What alternative, I mean, at the end of the day, do you have if you're the University of Cincinnati when it comes to hiring your next football coach? The only two options you really have is, in my opinion, well, three. You can hire within. I don't know if that's the answer. I think most people would agree that that's not probably the case. The second thing you can do is you can go try to find the person that's looking to make, to make a big step up that has had success at a lower level, which has always been what UC has done and they've had a lot of success with. No one thought Luke Fickle was going to be what Luke Fickle was. No one thought Brian Kelly was what Brian Kelly was going to do. The only time they ever decided they wanted to bring in a big name is when it was absolutely a you-know-what show down there yep. in Tommy Tupperville. Yep. You know, and that's my point with UC fans is, is they some of these guys want bounce-back guys, and I'm not saying that they couldn't come here and have success. But don't go off the reservation if they decide to hire a Heartline, which I know that that's a little bit of a popular name. 
um, or even a guy that you never heard of because as Huggins explained when you did your interview, there's a lot of great coaches out there that have success at lower levels that are elite coaches that just, for whatever reason, they've never, they've never been given the bigger opportunity, so you don't know who they are. But they, are, they, they can outcoach Tom Herman any day of the week. And I know it sounds like I'm on this Tom Herman hit train, but I just don't understand how this guy's name is brought up when he didn't. I mean, yeah, you could say whatever. He went to the road. He went to the Sugar Bowl. He was ten, and I think they won like ten games that year at Texas. But I just am never going to fall under the belief system that if you can't win at the highest level at Texas in the same conference you're joining, you're not going to win at UC. You're just not. So I'd rather take a chance and go get a guy that's 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 unheard of and or at a lower level than to try to find some bounce back guy, you know, personally. It's going to be interesting, and they're talking about hopefully having an answer by the end of the week. That's wild too, isn't it? It's hard to believe, but that's what they're paid to do. When you're the athletic director, you got to put, put the ball in play and in motion, and no matter whether that ball bounces, no matter where it bounces, you got to be there to pick it up and run to the next corner and run to the next corner and run to the next corner to interview the next guy. That's and I will also say this. I think a lot of another misperception that people are having is um, Luke Fickle was not hired by John Cunningham. Right. I think that people are just like, oh, well, John Cunningham, he did a great job with Luke. Maybe they just don't pay attention. But that wasn't a hire. He was hired man. by the guy at SC now. Bone, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so at the end of the day, this is a big, big hire for John Cunningham, who has been on a honeymoon run, quite frankly, right? And I would argue he's on a honeymoon run because of not guys he hired. Yeah. And I'm not, this is nothing against Wes. I think Wes could be a great coach, but Wes hasn't done it yet. And this is the next big hire. You, you cannot miss if you're John Cunningham on this hire. No, you can't. So we'll see what happens. Right, I'll man. let you go. I know All I held right, you man. too long. Enjoy but it. I got some more topics down the line here that um, I think are a big deal. Well, you've got the you've got the A, a the A crew over here. Casey, Brandon, Paul. Paul, are you going to sit down over there? Is that what you're doing? Well, Brandon needs to for a minute. So. <laughs> oh, okay. So you just step away. Okay. All right. All right, boys. Have a good day. See you tomorrow. You too, Tom. Fair enough. Thanks, Tom. All right. I have on here only Alabama. And I think you know where I'm going with this. But there's a crack there, boys. We've been saying that maybe that maybe there was a chance they'd get in. I think the chances are slim to none. And I don't think Slim's left town, as they say. I think Slim's still in town. It's still there. But the only damn program in the world that would be getting this opportunity is Alabama. And here's what needs to happen for Alabama to make the playoffs. And you can like it or you can not like it. But if USC loses on Friday... And TCU loses, and I don't care if TCU loses by three touchdowns, by the way. They should be in. But that's not what's going to happen because at the end of the day, the NCAA is going to show their true colors. And you know what those true colors are? They're green for money. Yep. And that's what it's going to be about if they give them any chance at all. Any chance at all, Alabama will get in if, uh, if, if TCU, and I want to know what the chat thinks. I think if TCU loses by more than 17 points. TCU? If TCU loses by more than 17 points, okay. they will slide Alabama in at four, kick TCU out, and they'll put Ohio State at – well, they'll put Ohio State at four, Alabama at three. I don't think they'll make it SEC versus SEC, Big Ten versus Big Ten, but it wouldn't be surprising to me if you've seen 
Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, Alabama, if those two teams were to fall and TCU were to lose by more than 17 points. Any, any, any thoughts on that? No, what I, w- what I would ask – go ahead, Casey. No, go you, – you were the one started it. I'm well, going to follow up. Okay, what I was going to ask is you mentioned the Alabama uh, – you know, they're the only program in the country that would get that, right? To, to, that, that would have two losses like they have without any quality wins, and we're still sitting here saying that there's a, at least a crack in the ice that they could get in. Do you think there's any validity to the fact that they've just earned that as a program? Or do you think it's a year-to-year, team-to-team thing, and we sh- you shouldn't look at the tradition or the program as a whole? I could kind of be convinced both ways just because of the coaching staff and Nick Saban and the tradition of the program and the fact that their two losses are by one point on the road in night games. But besides that, do you think as somebody that follows the SEC as closely as you do, that there is any hold or truth or legitimacy to Alabama getting the benefit of the doubt because their name literally just is Alabama? I think you bring up an excellent point. A very fair point, if we're being honest. And I think that it is supposed to be and should be and should always be a year-to-year thing. But the one thing that is always kind of wishy-washy with, and this is where Reed would be all over my case right now about this, there is a lot of gray area when it comes to college football and trying to figure out what four teams deserve to be in and what four teams don't deserve to be in. And I think the reason that it matters on a kind of a, an overall perspective and not a year-to-year basis is based off of strength of schedule and based off of trying to figure out which teams are, the tr- are truly the best, right? And Alabama in years past have proven that even if they've lost a game or even if they've lost maybe two games, they're still better than maybe almost all the programs outside of their league. I don't know if that's the case for me this year because all of the things that I've said in previous shows, and I don't want to beat a dead horse here. I just don't think Alabama is that good. Uh, does it mean I don't think that they could possibly make a run and win two football games that they're not supposed to win? Of course not. I think they could do that. It's not likely. I just don't think they deserve it, if that makes sense. I don't think that any other team in the country would be afforded the opportunity. Like, is it fair that Georgia would have to play Alabama when they won their league? They went undefeated, and now all of a sudden Alabama gets to play in the same exact game that they play in when they lost twice, didn't win their league, was a two-point conversion away from losing to Texas A&M, and quite frankly, the luckiest of all lucky breaks in the world at Texas of not losing there. I think that answer is unequivocally no. So you could then, on the other flip side of this though, you could convince me that I don't want to play Alabama, which is the reason they should be in. If we're being honest, and you lined them all up, and you said, Trace, who do you want to play? As a fan of Georgia, do you want to play TCU, USC, Alabama? I'll tell you right now, Alabama is the last on that list that I want to play. And it largely just comes down to the fact that I think their quarterback is remarkable. He's unbelievable. He he, he basically covers a lot of flaws, I think, in that team because he's that good. Um but at the end of the day, that's not how this is supposed to work. Uh, I think that, the, that, that you very much should have to be deserving to make the playoffs. But I'm telling you, Alabama has a sliver of a hope to get in. And if TCU loses by more than 17 points, 
don't be shocked. That's all I'll say. Don't be shocked because there's a chance that they find themselves in there. Um, I don't know. What, what are you? I mean, you were on this Alabama train weeks ago, kind of joking about it, obviously. But what's your true opinion of it? What's your true opinion of Alabama? I don't think they should be in. I think a one-loss TCU, regardless of how they play this weekend, should be in. I mean, I, okay, if they lose like 65 to nothing and – Max gets hurt and you know that whole day okay that then that's different but if we're talking about like a one touchdown win for Kansas State in a rematch of a game where these two teams have already played each other TCU absolutely deserves to be in I think USC with a win obviously is in then we're not even arguing about anything now when it come down to to Alabama and Ohio State does does the you know when you talk about uh, uh, TCU losing by 17 or more. Ohio State just got killed. Now they lost to a better team than Kansas State. They lost to a team that's going to be in the playoff, no doubt. Michigan's already in. Georgia's already in. So that leaves the question of, okay, Ohio State and Alabama, but the committee has already answered that question. Do you kick two teams out with losses this weekend? I don't think you do. I think Alabama is on the outside looking in, barring a Max Dugan injury. I think that's really it. I, like, I, I, don't, I don't really see – because, yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I was reading the tea leaves a few weeks ago where I saw Alabama just kind of creeping up and creeping up, and the committee starts to rank, you know, some of the teams that Alabama where, – where the, where, where the teams that Alabama has played and that you start to shuffle everybody around where it's like, oh, well, their schedule maybe looks a little better than it was, and everything's sort of setting up to say, okay, Alabama's going to get back into this. But – now with TCU, where everybody kept thinking TCU was going to lose. The, the narrative for a month and a half was, oh, this is the week. This is the week. And I was on that. And I mean, yeah, they didn't cover against Baylor, but they still won. So you know, as much as everybody wanted to say TCU is going to lose, TCU is going to lose, TCU is going to lose, they're going to slip up. They haven't. And because they haven't, and the best win, they have the best wins of anybody in the playoff, to be honest, then you got to keep them in. And if there's only one team left, it's going to be Ohio State. And you're right on the Alabama not wanting – I wouldn't want to play Nick Saban. You kidding me? I'm not you, – you I can't. don't think it's Nick Saban for me. I think it's Bryce Young. And I think that many people, and Sean Spurlock obviously would disagree with me. I, I, I think Bryce Young is the best quarterback in the country. Um I, I, that's no disrespect to C.J. Stroud, and it's no disrespect to Caleb Williams, although I think Caleb Williams is incredible. I, I started watching some USC games, and, 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 and he's very, very good. Uh, the only thing that I always hold kind of hold, hold against the, the, the USC situation is I just don't know how good those defenses are in the pack, right? Yeah. So it's hard to kind of cross-promote and cross-figure out, you know, who's good and who's not. Um, but I, 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 just, I just think that um, – we're in a situation where it's pretty cut and dry. If you're an Ohio State fan, root like hell for for Utah. I don't think it matters if TCU loses. Uh, I, I really don't. They it should shouldn't. They should. It be might, in. but it shouldn't. Yeah, they should be in. So let's jump uh, to to USA soccer. I don't want to spend a whole lot of time with this, uh, but it's something that obviously is a big craze in our country. I also think that it's a big deal personally. Yeah. I um, I'm not a soccer person. Truth be told, I used to make fun of soccer, the game itself. I used to. Every time I drive by past the soccer field when I was in high school, I used to just say, hey, "Look at that waste of land," and 
And that's how I felt about it. That's how I felt about the sport. Um, my youngest son just so happens to enjoy soccer. I try to be a good parent. I don't want to push my kids and play things that they I deem as more important than the other. So I let him play soccer. He gets really into soccer. I pay more attention to it. And I don't want to say I like it, but I can enjoy it from time to time. I also am an American. I also like the Olympics. I don't watch swimming ever, but I'll watch swimming if we're racing against other countries. So that's how I feel about the World Cup. I'm not going to be watching a whole lot of MLS. I'm not going to be watching the, the Premier League. You're not going to see me donning any FC Cincinnati jerseys anytime soon. But I do think that the World Cup situation can unite and rally a country, and I find it fun. That said, I just don't, I just don't want to hear this. I know I'm going to, but I'm again, here is this overreaction that we have in society. I, 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 I don't want to hear it. I know you guys are soccer folks. I don't want to hear about how soccer is going to make a big splash in this country. I don't want to hear about how we're going to have a, 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 an influx of people getting into the sport. It's not going to happen, okay? It's not going to happen. This is going to run its course. It's going to be done. We can all enjoy it for whatever it is. Even if we win the World Cup, I got news for you. The NFL playoffs are going to be more important. Okay? Do you have anything to rebuttal with that? I think if, if the United States won the World Cup with how young this team is and the fact that basically this whole team could be back together again in four years and potentially in eight years when you're talking about how young this group is and the fact that the United States is hosting the next World Cup, I think this is a really... I'm, look, we've been saying that soccer is the sport of the future in the United States since the 80s. Like, I think the average American just doesn't care enough to watch a game that can tie to give the sport a chance, which is how I felt about it till five years ago. But I, I understand. And the other thing, too, is that the best players in the world play at 9 a.m. on a Saturday. Yeah, I was, I'll finish just my thoughts on the two of us, right? I mean, we're great examples of this. Yeah, we, we enjoy soccer, but clearly college basketball, clearly NFL. Yeah. Like that, those are a great indicator that soccer itself is not something that I hold president. I don't feel, or president, I don't feel like soccer to me in the States is, it's a secondary sport, honestly. And if you enjoy a secondary sport, great you know like I'll, I'll watch to me to, to me I, I i like the mls after nfl i i enjoy watching mls i enjoy watching college soccer a lot you don't get the the bullshit of flopping and whatnot and the injuries it's actual athletes yeah. playing that's enjoyable and that's how you started liking soccer to begin with i will give you that college it. soccer is amazing because you just it eliminates everything that people complain about at the professional level. Like, do they stop the clock? Does it count yes. down in college? It counts down and it clock stops. There's so no extra. Now time. we're talking. There's no overtime. You know, it's it's you, you you can draw, but the clock stops. It counts down. There are significantly less. Uh, I don't want to say injuries, but like flop, flopping. Yeah, is, is not yeah. A, it's not. Yeah. It's it's not what it is at the international level. And the other thing too, where you where you kind of look at how all this goes is. Sure, Messi, maybe the greatest player of all time. You can argue Ronaldo, whoever, whatever. Messi's going to play in Miami next year, right? He's going to do the MLS thing. So For sure? Oh, basically. He hasn't signed the contract okay. yet, but everybody's 
pretty sure he's going to do that. So he'll do the American tour. One, two, three years, however long he does it, assuming he finishes off the deal. So you have a good performance in the World Cup this year. Messi goes and does his American tour for a year or two. He gets everybody juiced up. You get to see one of the best players of all time in your city. I think that the problem with soccer forever in the United States will be that if you look at the NFL or Major League Baseball or the NBA, the NBA especially because it's I would say it's the most worldwide um, – you know, you're starting to get more talent. I mean, baseball, I guess. But baseball, when you look at, like, the Central Americas and stuff. Jap- J- J- I get what you're saying. Japan, yeah, but you get what I'm saying. Um, the NHL, all four of those leagues are the best leagues in the world for their sport. Yeah, right. The MLS is not. The Premier League Correct. is the best. And then yeah. the MLS is it's, – it's not even the second best. It's not even the third best. It's not even the fourth best. Yeah. So that's the problem where when you go to an MLS match – as opposed to going to an MLB game or an NHL game, whatever, you know that you're going to go watch the best players in the world. It's almost like you're watching XSFL. Yeah, I get it. I mean, I understand what you're saying with that. I, I just think that at the same time, it, it is what it is. I mean, the United States, you can't have it all. I don't think that we're ever going to be in a nation that cares enough about soccer to make us one of the leaders of that sport, especially when you have yeah. the roots and the cultures that's been created around the world. So all I'm asking is this. It's not a big ask. All right? It's just a favor, if anything. Let's just not act like soccer is going to be a big deal when this is over. Okay? I don't care what we do. I know you want to sit here and you want to polish it and be like, oh, if we win it all, if we win it all, we got the next World Cup, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter. Guess what? Little Johnny, that's a super athlete that's five years old, is probably going to go play football. And I'm not talking about football. I'm talking about football. All right? It's probably going to go play basketball. So let's not sit here and act like the United States is going to be the next juggernaut because we're not going to be. Let's move forward. Let's talk about P. Ryan, another another guy that is is completely undeserving, underdeserving of all of the fanfare that he's not been receiving. Okay, I've said this, and I'm not trying to say that I know it all. Blah 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 blah. I've said this since the very beginning of the year that P. Ryan, in my opinion, he's an AJ Dillon. He's one of the best running backs in this league, and he just hasn't been given an opportunity. And quite frankly, you do have another good running back. His name's Joe Mixon. We all understand that. I'm not. This isn't a knock against Mixon. This isn't a a, a, a a tirade against the fact that Joe Mixon isn't what he's supposed to be, et cetera, et cetera. But what I am saying is that P. Ryan has finally gotten an opportunity to have extended extended time, more plays, and he's proving and showing that not only can he block, but he hits the holes. He runs hard. He's a guy like, I'm not going to say he's Derrick Henry, but damn it, he's closer to Derrick Henry than you think he is. And I want to know, how long does it take? How long does it take the city of Cincinnati to realize that you should go out and buy some 34 jerseys? (laughs) You should figure out that you want to keep this guy. He's a guy that you want on your roster to win a Super Bowl. Stop saying he should have dove for the ball. Stop (laughs) it. Okay? You sound like a loser. You sound like someone that doesn't know what they're talking about. You sound like my son, who's 10 years old, when he wants to talk politics. He's got no clue what he's talking about. Okay? It's simple. The ball was six feet away from him on the ground. It's called camera angles. Look it up. If you don't, if you don't believe me, go on YouTube. This isn't, a, this isn't a conspiracy theory. And again, when Joe Mixon's healthy and he's ready to come back, should he get carries? Of course he should. I'm not saying. But what I am saying is this. 
if I'm a Bengals fan, and when Joe Mixon is healthy, if P. Ryan is not getting equal carries, I'm talking 50-50, people. I'm not talking about 60-40, 70-30. I'm talking 50-50. If he's not getting 50-50 carries with, with Mixon when he comes back, Zach Taylor and the whole offensive staff should be put in jail. Okay? You think I'm joking. You think I'm being funny. You think I'm acting like I'm overselling this. I'm not. The guy's a ball player, man. He's a big-time player. In fact, I would argue if for whatever reason he was drafted in the first round by somebody else and came over, he'd be treated differently. Mm. Um, are you familiar that he held the record for like three or four years for the most rushing yards in a college game while, while still being behind Mixon? He had 250-something yards running the ball. This dude's been a guy. He's been a guy. He's just never had the chance to be the guy until recently. And I'm with you. I think they need to give him some carries. I, When I say carries, touches. Just split it, you know. Let him get some screens. Let Joe get some, some dump-offs. Let Joe try to go up the middle. Let P. Ryan hit the hole for six yards. Um he can catch the ball out of the backfield. Right. I, I'm saying let him let him get some screens. Let, let him do some work with the ball. Um, it won't just be that we're the, – the, the, the benefit of having a second back. I don't think people realize how beneficial it is. You're extending Joe Mixon's career. You're making the defense always have to respect the run regardless of who's in there. Yeah. At the end of the day, too, like it's not just about extending Joe Mixon's career. I think it's more or less on a game-by-game -game basis. If you know you're only going to carry the ball 20 times, 15 times, whatever that number is, call it 10 times, I don't care, you're going to run hard as hell. Right. You, you, you are going to give it 100%. And, in fact, I would argue that there's also a healthy competition to it as well, right? Like Georgia has never had a better running game, and I know I always use them as an example, but that's because I watch them religiously. They've never had a better running game. Not when Todd Gurley was there. You know who when it was? It's when they had Sony Michelle and Nick Chubb. And it wasn't because one guy was dominating. It's because they had two guys that complemented each other. There was no ego involved. Whoever was in the game was in the game. And they ran hard as hell the 10 to 15 times they got it. Do, do you know that Mixon and P. Ryan were both teammates in, at Oklahoma? No, I did not know time? They, yeah, they were running mates, and Mixon was the starter for his whole career. And then P. Ryan got a little, a little time playing his senior year after Mixon left. So, I mean, we've never actually seen P. Ryan get an opportunity. Right. I, would it, say that I would say that it wouldn't surprise me a bit if Mixon was the guy that told the Bengals a, saying, about like, him. hey, P. Ryan's like a dude. Hey, and I, he didn't get a chance to play, but I'm just telling you, the guy, it's almost like sometimes the guy that sits behind the other guy, like Joe Burrow, I'm not trying to like throw this back to Ohio State or nothing like that, but I'm just saying like, it's hard, it's hard, it's hard to know what's behind the curtain if you never really get a chance to see what's behind the curtain. And sometimes the guy that's sitting behind the guy is better than the guy that's playing every single day. Now, I'm not saying that's the case here with Mixon and P. Ryan, but I am saying that two things I'm going to say. I think it says a lot about P. Ryan's character in a situation that he's been in that he's never been 
not a team guy, right? He could go and pout and complain that he's not getting enough carries, et cetera, et cetera, want to leave, but he doesn't do that, especially if, he's, if you've been sitting behind a guy that long when he was at Oklahoma. And the second thing I'll say is that I think the past few weeks has just proven that he can do it at a high level, so it's time to, it's time to make sure that he's in the mix. So let's move on. The last thing I want to talk about today is something simple. Um, he did tell him that. I don't know if Everett might be, might be calling me out of my bluff. I don't know. Everett, expand on what you're saying there. Maybe, maybe P. Ryan was complaining. I don't know. Um, no, maybe, maybe, he, maybe he's saying that Mixon told them that. Oh, Ryan, yeah. Mixon told yeah. him that he was a dude. Yeah. Uh, QB, QB carries resumes. I was thinking about this last night. And I'm not saying that coaches don't matter. Definitely not saying that. But what I am saying is, is there something to the fact that if you got a guy at quarterback, sometimes it doesn't matter who the coach is, I don't think. And I'm going to say something about Urban Meyer that I just thought of the other night. He went to Utah. What'd he have? He had the number one pick, Alex Smith. Went to Florida. Did what he did. But you know what he didn't do? He didn't really win the big one until, guess what? Tim Tebow came along. And when Tim Tebow left, guess what? I don't know. You know what happened. Went to Ohio State. Sure. You can say whatever you want. Wasn't going to win a national championship, and Cardell Jones played out of his mind. You can say whatever you want about Cardell Jones. I don't care. Cardell Jones played the best two games that I've ever seen a quarterback play in my entire life when it came to the big-time stage. He just did. Let's switch, let's switch to another guy. You're going to play this game? What about Luke Fickle? Everybody wants to talk about Luke Fickle and how great he did at UC, and I agree. He did. And I'm not suggesting, let me be clear, I'm not suggesting that it's only that, but I'm just saying it seems awfully convenient. Desmond Ritter comes in, wins a bunch of games in the AAC, goes to the college football playoffs, leaves next year, struggle a little bit, call it whatever you want, but I mean, I guess, I don't know. Is 9-3 struggle? Let's be, I want to be fair to these people. What is that, Paul? Is that, I mean. 9-3? What, what, would you say this year UC's like? Yeah. I, 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 again, it goes back to the elevated expectations, right? Fair. Like a 9-3 for, you know. They're not blowing anyone out. You want to go to another guy? I, I, I'll sit here all day, people. I'll sit here all day long. Zach Taylor. You want to go? Okay, well, let's move on past Zach Taylor. That's fine. Let's go to Dabo Sweeney. How's Dabo doing? You ready for this one? I don't know. Dabo's not doing all that hot when you got a guy like Watson. Watson's uh, not there. You, re you ready Trevor for Trevor Lawrence not there. You ready for this one? Let's hear it. I'm ready for it. Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick. <laughs> yeah. Come on, chat. Help me out. Let's go, chat. I'm just saying. I'm not saying coaches don't matter at all. But what I am saying is that QBs are carrying some dudes. QBs are the dude. If you don't have a QB, forget about it. You want to go to another guy? There's only one guy that I can think of. Maybe two. Because I, I would even say Kirby Smart's never had an elite guy. I would say Nick Saban's had some years where he didn't have an elite, elite guy. But when he won the national title, he, he had some lower-level guys, right? Yeah. Elite defenses. Greg McElroy. But in college... Can somebody help me out? Can somebody help me out? 
and I don't even think this is an NFL thing as much, but yeah. I do think it's definitely college. That, that's what I was going to say. I, I can't think of college or like I, I can think of plenty of colleges, but I can't think of like I can think of teams in the NFL like uh, Sir Boy just put out there, Doug Peterson. Uh, Brian Pillick is a great example of that with the Ravens teams. Um, Tony yeah. Dungy with the Bucks. Um, there's plenty of other teams that just won. John Fox with Broncos. Yeah, I, I, this isn't. This wasn't supposed to be more along the lines of an NFL take. As much as I do genuinely think there is a lot of smoke here when it comes to college. Yeah, a lot of smoke. And I'm not saying there's a fire. I'm not saying there's a fire. I'm just saying there's a lot of smoke. And at the end of the day, if you want to be disappointed in anything, perhaps the disappointment is with Ryan Day. It's that for whatever reason you had arguably the best quarterback in the country. Maybe you do, maybe you don't, but it just didn't get the results you wanted. But the fact of the matter is, is that um, I genuinely think that some of these guys have been elevated. You know, you want another guy? Rich Rodriguez. Oh, man. Right? I, I, I mean, a, if it wasn't for Slayton and help me out. I forget who that was. It was Darius Slayton. Chat, help me out. Cliff Kingsbury. Oh, Cliff Ooh. Kingsbury's. Well, he's a wild one because it, did yeah. he ever really have success in no. college? No, I don't think he's ever really had success at all. He's good looking. Besides his looks. He's got, a lot, of he's got a lot of money. Have you, you seen his looking? Pat like White. Sean, help me out. Pat White. If it wasn't for Pat White and Darius Slayton. I'm not sure Rich Rod's ever got a guy. He, he, I don't know if he's ever been anything. I got a question for you. This is going to be interesting. I want to know what you, what, what you think. What about Georgia's quarterback right now? See? Elite or not? I think Stetson Bennett is a great college quarterback. I think he is. I think he's been efficient. Every time he's been asked to make the big plays in the big games, he's come through. I don't think he's ever really lost any games. That being said, I hope, knock on wood, that doesn't happen. But I, I would just say that's probably the – I sound like I'm a homer here, and maybe I am. And if I am, so be it. But the reason that I think that Kirby and Nick should get an incredible and immense amount of credit for what they've done is they've won at the highest levels without a guy guy, like a dude, right? I mean, I don't mean to say this like crazy – but if you did put C.J. Stroud, or you did put Caleb Williams, or you did put, give me someone else, um, hell, Bryce Young, if you took either three of those guys and you put it on Georgia, I love Stetson Bennett as much as anyone. But Georgia's unbeatable. Okay, That's all I was curious about, because I was going to say that the defense definitely is the reason why they're good. You know, that Georgia's defense is unbelievable, especially last year. But Stinson Bennett isn't bad either. So I was just curious what you thought. Because I feel like he kind of pushed him over to the top being just consistent. Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's, he's very – I mean, he's 25 years old. Let's start with that. So I'm, a, I'm not going to sit here and, like, put him on a, on, on, on a huge pedestal. He's, he's one at the highest level, but he's also 25 years old, which is an advantage. I'd also say this. I think he's very, very cerebral. I think he's intelligent, very, very smart, knows the offense, knows the defenses. Um, he's just an incredibly well-rounded quarterback. You know, uh, Ohio State fans are going to kill me for this because I can't remember the guy's name, but uh, Craig – Craig Kinzel, what was the guy's name? He won it all. 
You guys are too young to know this. I have no idea. Guys, come on. Sir Boy's going to know this, and I know Everett might. Sean's definitely going to know it. Craig, is it Krenzel? It's got to be Krenzel. Craig Krenzel? That's who Stetson Bennett kind of reminds me of. He's like, but take, Craig, Craig Krenzel. Take yep. Craig Krenzel and make him 25 years old, and I think that's what Stetson Bennett is. He's just a solid quarterback. Now, I do think, I do think Ohio State's offense – very much like Georgia's offense has some guys around them, right? They had Maurice Corrette. They had Ted, not Ted Ginn. They had, uh, they had, they had a two-way player, number seven. Can't even, I don't even know what the kid's name is. Is that, is it ridiculous? I don't know if anyone else has this thing. I remember numbers so well. Like I'll know a guy's number and I can't remember their name. Who was number seven chat for Ohio State when Craig Krenzel was there? I'm sure we could Google it, but Chris Gamble, that guy was a player. Yep. Chris Gamble, two-way player. At Ohio State. You know how good you have to be to be a two-way player at a major program? It's really freaking good. Unbelievably good. So, I'm just saying to Sir Boy, Spur, all my Ohio State people, I, 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 it hurts me to say this because I'm a little bit of an Ohio State hater. And like I said, that's, that's really tailored off a little bit. One, because uh, when, you, when you have as many friends as I do that like Ohio State – you, you you don't wish ill will upon them because you don't want them to go through grief and sorrow to a certain extent. Same way I kind of feel about the Bengals at times. Um, but I just don't think the run's over. In fact, I would argue if you can find a way to beat Georgia, you're going to win the whole thing, which is exactly why if, you, if, you, if, you, if you're a gambling person, and I'm going to go do this today because I've already lost out on 400, uh, increase of 400, if you're a gambling person, and you and if you're not, try it out. Just do it responsibly. Um, I'm gonna go put probably two hundred dollars on Ohio State to win the national championship to hedge my heart. Yeah, they're already down to plus eight hundred from where they were at four. Crush. That's wow. that, that's killing that's me. Killing. I know. USC. I, I I had it. Well, I I said that said on Monday. Yeah, it was at fourteen. It was fourteen hundred. USC is plus twelve, and so is TCU. Is Sir Boyne trying to get on me about my Browns bet? I'm gonna tell you about my Browns bet. If they win, I don't know. It's not looking good about them beating Houston for whatever reason. I don't know what the Texans' whole situation is. But if they get past the Texans, watch out. And somehow, some way, maybe Massage Boy will come through, start playing well. <laughs> if Massage Boy starts playing well, just telling you. All I need to this is the this is the misconception with that bet sometimes. You guys know this as well as I do. All I need to do, or I say I, all the Browns need to do, and it's, it's a tall task, is make the playoffs. If they make the playoffs, I am making good money here. Some would say great. But. Lots of mouths we could feed. See how it goes. Money. You could say Lincoln Riley has been carried by QBs. Once Spencer Rattler came in, he skedaddled. And that is That's a true. great point, Robbie. That's true. Yeah, I, I, I just think that that's something that I was thinking about last night. Urban Meyer is like, I mean, he he went to Ohio State. Urban Meyer is like the prototypical, unbelievable coach. Everywhere he went, he won. But God bless it, did he not have dudes at quarterback? Is that – so I have another question. Do you think the coaches are responsible for finding those guys? Well, I don't know if they always do. I think sometimes they just fall in guys' laps. I, I mean, mean Dabo Sweeney just – Dabo Sweeney, here's what's crazy. This is kind of what pisses me off about Georgia. 
I don't know if anyone knows this, but Deshaun Watson, oddly enough, wanted to go to Georgia. He's from Georgia. He got told by he got told no by Georgia, and Clemson was just a benefactor to that. He turns out to be a dude, and then all of a sudden Dabo Sweeney is getting put in the same breath as Nick Saban. Dabo Sweeney, man, and part of me is just because I don't like the guy, because I think he's a fraud. I think he, he whines and cries and makes complaints and makes excuses, but then as soon as he wins, he gives all the credit to God and acts like God's the only person that he, he's Clemson's the only program that God cares about. Really irritating. I genuinely think that Dabo Sweeney can't win without without an elite quarterback, and he's, he's kind of proven it. And we'll see what happens. But he's not Nick Saban, but he's getting put in the same breath as Nick Saban. You know my thoughts on Dabo. I can go off for an hour. I just think Dabo is one of those guys that just is, man, I guess you could love him or hate him, but I'm on the hate train with that guy. I'm not a fan either. All right. So I don't know. I'll start thinking through that. Chat, think through that a little bit too. Maybe we should stop putting so much precedent on college coaches as much as we put on the factor of quarterback. Because if you're at Clemson, Ohio State, Georgia, Alabama, Oklahoma, USC, you keep the list goes on. You know them all. Notre Dame. Yep. You're always going to have guys that surround the quarterback that can play, right? Yep. To a certain extent. Gold star? We'll see what happens. Wheel, the, 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 the uh, wheel of lunch. Uh, we got. Wait, we need some suggestions. Gold Star, Wendy's, Penn Station, Firehouse, mm. and Culver's. Now take Sir Wendy's off on there, Gina. please. You really don't like Wendy's, do you? I just have eaten it so much lately. Um, Gina's chat. No, no. Oh, we got like, some in here. We got we got an okay crowd. Um, I'm being serious about this. Throw Chipotle on there. Wait, you guys went there last week. How do we make so How do we make Tom show? better if possible like what segment ideas can we do here i actually had a good thought about this um oh, here we go i love the concept to get him to have some interesting takes i don't know if we can't get enough of his takes well i think but you're just saying like we should have questions to ask him right but the questions aren't really questions it's it's a segment from colin's show colin coward's show tomorrow's headlines today if you asked him stuff like will lamar jackson get a contract this year or will joe burrow get the mvp what are the headlines for that and we just spitballed some things at him and see what he says i feel like that would garner a lot of different interesting quick takes for the show but we would need some consistent ideas every day to give to him I mean, it, it can't just be about football. Right. It would have to be about, like, the NBA and, uh, like, all the different <laughs> – We'd love to get Tom's NBA takes. We'd love to get Tom's takes. Now, listen, so, chat. Status so of the Eastern Conference right chat, now. I think, I think Sir Boy is just being funny. Uh, but I am saying this, like, we can't just completely – I mean, uh, at some point, Chatterbox, <laughs> Chatterbox has already been blamed, has already been accused of just ripping ideas. And I'm not saying that that isn't, that isn't the case from time to time. Um, as far as a call-in segment, I don't know if you know this, Casey, um, but we think we figured out how to do that. Oh. Uh, we just have to technologically 
put it in place. Some of that is um, hardware that we need to purchase. Not, it's nothing that we can't get. Um, but I think we can get that relatively soon. My only concern with the call-in is this. Do, I mean, maybe I'm being, maybe I'm being a little too harsh on us at times. If we do a call-in segment, are we going to get call-ins? <laughs> I mean, We're how gonna... many, how many people in chat want call-ins? I mean, I know Sir Boy's there. Sir Boy's made his take relevant. Did the other people in the chat think that we'd have enough meat on the bone here? To get call-ins. And, and, and Sir Boy says he'd be the first to call in. I believe him. Okay. Sir Boy, I'm glad I did a wellness check on you because you were missing for a few days. I needed to come in and spice you up, pick you up off the ground, dust you off, and tell you that's all right. The sun's going to come out tomorrow with your Ohio State fandom. <laughs> but um, I just want to figure out how we make Chatterbox better. It's that simple. I want to make our content fun, engaging, get people involved. Um Maybe that starts with getting ready to read mouse <laughs> as he's, as he's watching the show. Um, we'll figure it out as we go. I know, but ultimately we, we, we care here. We want things to be better. Sure. And, um, we appreciate everyone's suggestions. Those that are commenting. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, always, if you have an idea, tweet it at us, message us. Yep. On Chatterbox Sports or my account, Cbox Casey. Let's get Casey account. some Twitter followers. What's he at right now? A pitiful amount. What, what is it? Well, I don't know. Well, what, what, uh, well, you know, he's. What's he there's at? There's a certain audience for Casey. <laughs> Maybe across the Pacific Ocean. No, 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 no. I'm not even thinking that. What, what, what's he at? Uh, Cbox Casey is currently at 91. Okay. Listen. Yeah, hey, you, late, late, we, you, you know, you know how I'll give the chat. I'm going to give a little bit of a, a, a life tip here. Okay. You already know this. You've heard it before. The beautiful thing about successful people is they share all the secrets. One secret is this to get better. You just got to make a short-term goal. Your short-term goal doesn't need to be something that you, that you think is something that you want. It's something that you think you can obtain that makes it just a little bit better. And Casey's at 91 followers. We just need to get to 100 Absolutely. by Friday. I, can we get to 100, guys? I think the most underrated thing that I just noticed is that Sir Boy Wonder's new profile picture is Tom. Yes, it is. <laughs> I like that. That's great. By the way, thank you guys for <laughs> 2,500 subscribers. We hit another benchmark. Yeah. Yep. 2,500 subscribers. Okay. And I will say this, too, guys. I, 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 this hasn't been lost on me as well, chat. I don't know. I mean, we obviously have a decent amount of people that watch that don't chime in on the chat, but um, <laughs> Caitlin Marsh. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Um, I will say this. When we first started doing all of this, we probably had 15 people hang around, right? Yeah. Maybe 20. We hover around 40. We'll keep it going. But at the end of the day, I just want to say we appreciate you. We're going to continue to try to find, find ways to make this thing better. I'm going to challenge all of us to do that. We'll figure that out. But if you have any content suggestions, you have any things that you think you enjoy, do, we, do you want it to be more topic-related? Do you Would you like more press conference clippings? Those are the things we're looking for. And obviously, the numbers will always show proof of what people want, what they don't want. But 
suggestions are always a welcome. So we'll leave it at that. Let's get the wheel of lunch. Do you have a suggestion at all, Trace? My suggestion for the wheel of lunch? Mm -hmm. Can I have the uh, places you have on there now? Gold Star, Penn Station, Firehouse Subs, Culver's. I'm honestly kind of hoping for Gold Star because I haven't had it in probably 10 years. And everybody here has been just going on to me about Gold Star. Yeah, I'd like Scott. to reinforce what I think about Gold Star. Yes, it's better Sir than Boy, I, I, it's I will do it's, some... That's a terrible take. Believe it or but, not, Sir Boy, there is terrible. a... Uh, there's a lot of things that are, uh, are being worked on right now. Some are very important. Some maybe not as much. Merch is on the list. For being honest, it's not, as, it's not very high on that list right this second. I do think that we want people to be able to, to get merch from us, and that will happen at some point. Don't know when we'll have merch, but we'll get there. I promise. I know that's been asked. But as far as the lunch goes today, what all right, let's go. Wheel of lunch. I don't need any. I don't need anything on there. Yeah. Let's, all right. So we just have four options. Then. Four options. Change all the blues to the same. You want them all the same. I want blue. them all the same blue, Casey. E E B whatever it is. This is my, my favorite part about this is people just have to stare at me while we do the all while right, we do right, the right. lunch. There we go. Here, wait. I'll get the J Mar. There we go. All right. Do you not? Sonic is the worst, sir, boy. There we go. Let's get the same one. Nope, you had it. Okay. Firehouse. And <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which blue? Have was you it? ever? Have you have you ever gone to Sonic and 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 then after you were done, you're like, damn, that hit the spot. Casey no. and I went. And I'm not talking about right. beverages. I'm just spinning it. Spin it. I'm not Spin talking it. about beverages. Let's get let's get Firehouse out of here real quick, and then we can. I do think. Ah no! I right, do think Sonic has elite beverages. Oh man, you ever had one of those uh, freezies with the, like the Skittles in them? Hmm. There we go. All right, I don't think we can lose here. Gold Star and Culver's, we can't lose here. Well. For Casey, we can't lose. Yeah, we can't lose. Gold stolen. Please be Culver's. I know. I'm begging for Culver's. <laughs> We're not. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, we won. Uh, what? What, what happened? What? I just got ha rid of the. the You're thing. gonna have to add. Yeah, I'm. I'm adding. Hang How on. about this? I got an idea. We're we're gonna fix this. Stop doing that. I got an idea. Ready? Take it out. Give it back to two. Yeah. Get it back to two. Ready? All right. All right. Chat. First person. Chat, first person to comment, okay, on the amount of spins that we have to do here, we're going to go with that many spins, and whatever it lands on is, is, is the winner. Oh. Somebody's going to say, like, 15. No, don't do it. It's got to be less than seven. Ten. Ten. Less than seven. I guess we'll just do seven. Let's just do seven, then. All right. We'll do seven. Are we doing, like, a best... No, 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 no. It's literally whatever it lands on, on the seventh on spin. On the seventh spin. Right. Okay. Which right, we might it. know on the sixth spin, but we're definitely not knowing right now. All right. Right? Well, there could have just There's won it one. once and gotten your Culver's. Damn. Well, I think it started on... It started on Culver's. Yeah. I think yeah. it might have bucked the trend. Hey, are you, are you just I ragged? think it might have bucked the trend. Uh, Did they update their soft... Nope. No, no, it's just gonna. It, are we literally just gonna go back and forth we, we, we on the got same lucky. spot? Please, we got lucky. if it lands on the same one, we're not doing this again. What terrible software are we building no, that's, here? 
It's a little different, but is it enough? Because Here's four. This is four. This is elite podcasting. Yeah. That's different. Culver's, yeah, okay. All right. Now see if it happens. If it goes back number five. to Culver's here, then we got issues. <laughs> I mean, we've got a real problem. I mean, it's right on Culver's. So yeah. what you're telling me is it's doing the same exact. It's probably going to end up on Gold Star. Is what I'm telling you. Here's six. It's the same spin. We as know our we know our death as it comes. Oh oh no! Where is the line? What's it on? I have no this idea. Is all That's on Gold Star. All right. So here's oh the no! Spin. I I don't know what we're gonna get here's here. The last I don't know spin. where the line is. Oh, this is elite. This is, this best. is it right here. This is the best wheel we've done. I don't know where we're gonna end. Oh uh, no! Oh yes! no! No! Yes! Gold Star, baby! No! We've been four months waiting. This is sad. Yes! <laughs> this is so sad. Gold Star. Chat. We have got to find a new wheel. <laughs> this wheel. Oh, Are you disrespecting the wheel right now? This You're wheel stinks. Wheel. I, I, I've never been more disappointed. Let's get out of here. Let's go in to this lunch. company. I'm starving. For using this software in this wheel. This software is as bad as Dabo Sweeney. Take it to the bank. We'll see you tomorrow, everybody. Thank you.